Name a career in which you may not have to worry about performance and still get paid, uh, besides the weatherman. Well, of course you expect your broker to perform well, but what if they put your money in the market and the market doesn't perform? 50% chance of rain or sunny skies. Is it time you learned how to keep your principal and protect your gains with a higher income strategy? That's why to tune in to the Total Financial Hour with host Eric Hallaby, Sundays at 11 a.m. Learn about your financial power on the Total Financial Hour, Sundays at 11 a.m. on AM870, The Answer. This show is brought to you by Total Financial Solutions, Inc. and TFS Financial Insurance Services, an insurance-licensed-only financial firm. Financial security will help you live the life you dream. Learn about financial power, the Total Financial Hour. Now All right, guys, let's try that. <laughs> Thanks for being with me this hour. Of the program, we're going to talk about your family's finances, of course, getting out of debt, managing money, planning for your future. What is that all about? Look, the Total Financial Hour is sponsored by TFS, Financial Insurance Services, and Total Financial Solutions. All right. Why do we do this show? What is it all about? What, what is our purpose when we come to you and try to learn some of the things that I think we should have learned about in high school? We should have learned about them in college. Uh, for some, they learned about them at, uh, these things at the dinner table. Right? Your family sat down with you. They talked about getting out of debt. They talked about mergers and acquisitions. And Oh, wait, they didn't? <laughs> I always said, uh, you know, I used to speak 20, I don't know, for 23 years now I've been doing this. And I remember speaking at a group and I said, you know, there's a reason that wealthy people belong to country clubs and teach their kids tennis and golf. And the reason is so that their children will go to private schools to be around people that think like them. Not because... They don't want to be around you or me. It's because they wanted their kids to have a shot at life, to develop relationships, really networking, and to be around folks that think the same way that they do. And that's an important part of the process because the reason that rich people are rich isn't because they're bad or good. It's, it's just because they do different things. They figured out the system. right? If you remember, the rules were always written by wealthy people. They always were. If you were Napoleon – Right, You wrote the rules to benefit your friends and your family. Cleopatra, her friends and family and herself benefited by the rules on the Nile River. No difference than Pol Pot, right? <laughs> Allende in Chile. These, these folks, communists, uh, Cuba, they write the rules to benefit themselves and their friends. The difference is when the United States was created, it was created so that the rules were written by the wealthy, of course, landowners at the time to benefit their friends, their family, and here's the reason. Everybody comes to the United States. The rules apply to everyone. That's the difference. The rules apply to everyone. Because the rules apply to everyone, everybody has a shot. Now, if you don't believe me, all right, let's play along for a minute. Take a look at a lot of the businesses where there is no such thing as Monday through Friday, 9 to 5, Martin Luther King and Memorial Day, President's Day off, right? Double time on Sunday, triple time on Saturday, whatever. These are business owners that own liquor stores and, and dry cleaners, donut shops and nail salons and transmission shops. Right? They arrive, they work, they sleep in the back. Sometimes they, 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 they put their whole life savings of them, their friends, their family. And in five years, they're the manager. In 10 years, they're the owner. And in 20 years, they're multimillionaires in some cases. Why? It's very simple. It's because they said, whoa, 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 wait a second. You're telling me that the rules are published, and if I just play by them, and I don't have to pay, pay bribes or blackmail, uh, get, you know, get blackmailed, or, or I don't have to uh, pay the next military junta that drives into town and I have to pay him or her off. I don't have to worry about somebody throwing a rock through my window or I pay protection money. You mean to tell me that if I play by the rules, nobody said it's going to be easy, by the way that I have a shot, shot, an opportunity, not a guarantee, at success? Why do you think they come here? People don't go in droves on boats to try to get to communist Cuba <laughs> or, or Venezuela, right? People are like, oh, I can't wait to have socialism. I'm on my way. The economic system in the United States is built on one thing and one thing only. It's a chance. Take a chance, you could lose. Sometimes lose everything, by the way. Take a chance and you could win, and sometimes you can win everything. When we get to retirement and we're thinking about how our life has gone, 
Along that journey, our goal is to save some or part of our money to get to a place so that no matter what, we've created wealth that we can keep, give to our family, live on, donate to charity. That's the whole purpose of it. What happened before was the little spoiled kid on the playground said, I don't want to have anything that I earn. I want yours. Give me mine. Not fair. Well, now that kid is a congresswoman or a governor. (laughs) You don't deserve it. You did not earn it. Or a president. Does that sound familiar? You didn't earn that. It's not, it doesn't belong to you. Remember President uh, Obama said, who deserve, who needs more than $3 million in their retirement account, really? I remember the speech. Who needs more than $3 million in their retirement account? Now, uh, look, $3 million is a heck of a lot of money, guys. Don't think it isn't. But why, why not $2.6 million? Why not three point nine? Why not $20 million? Why not $1 million? What, what, he was king? He gets to decide? And here's the number. And along comes Congresswoman out of New York who says, we're going to have a wealth tax. That means any money you have above that, we're going to get half. Does that, does that make sense? I, I think you have to have in your life an opportunity to say, when is it okay for somebody who didn't earn my money to take my money? So I think you're going to have some challenges. Look, the middle class in California is leaving in droves. You know that. You've heard this story. Some of you might even be the ones that are getting ready to leave. You might be shopping now. We have skyrocketing pensions in this state. Those skyrocketing pensions, something is wrong somewhere. We can't afford to keep going the way we're going. Look, my prediction, I wrote it in in an article. It's out there. It was uh, put out in, I think it was 60 Six zero sixty thousand magazines, and it said this: There's a one hundred percent chance that California is going to have to default on its pensions. One hundred percent. It isn't a game. It's not a secret. It's not a story. It's not a. It, it, it's math, math and logic. That's all it is. So if there's a one hundred percent chance that California has to default, now when I say default, it isn't and you get no more money. There's still money there. It's just they're going to have to modify it. So how, did the, how do I think the CalSTRS, CalPERS, Police Department for L.A. City, Police Department for uh, – or Fire Department for L.A. City because that's its own separate pension. Why do I think that there's going to be some big changes? Simple, guys. It's just there isn't enough money. I'm going to give you my layperson, L.A. Unified High School graduate – you know, attended a community college and then off to UCLA. I'm going to give you my, my little recommendation. Grew up in the San Fernando Valley, just a guy. Here's how I think they're going to have to fix it. Number one, I think they're going to have to go to existing pensioners. Now, if, if you are, I don't know, they're going to pick an, a, a, an age, 70, 75 or below, they're going to make changes to your pension. So what do I think they're going to need to do? They're going to have to say, look, how much funding do we have? And maybe the funding is 75%. Okay? All right, 75%. That means tomorrow or beginning in three months, whatever, they're going to give you a little bit of a leeway. We're going to only give you 75% of your pension. We're going to take the difference and we're going to put it off in this little bucket here. And in five years, we're going to start paying you back so you'll get more money. And that money is going to have a 5% you know, interest rate or a 3%. They're going to make it attractive. They'll do something. And those pension dollars that you receive, the 75%, will never have another cost of living increase. They're going to have to inflate the currency, which means 75% is not going to buy what, what we thought it is. If you are in your 60s and you're going to retire, I think they're going to have to say, look, don't expect it the way the, way the plan we thought was going to work. It's just not going to happen. The second thing, which is pretty important, is they're going to have to go to existing employees and say, hey, employees of this organization, you're going to have to put in 12 or 15% of your pay. That's the only way the teacher's pension is going to last, period. You have to put in more money. Not fair. It's not right. I could barely live. I understand. I feel bad. The administrators, the governors, the, the, the folks before you, they're the ones that should be, you know, tarred and feathered, as they say. And then the third thing they're going to have to do, I think, 
is they're going to have to cap it, meaning you're not going to receive any more than, I don't know, pick a number, 60, 70% of your pay. It doesn't matter how long you work. Because remember, a lot of folks with Caltrans, for example, have amazing pensions. They work. They get to spike the last three, two, three years. Remember what they used to do? They would go in and, and they might make 80 or 90 or 100% of their pay when they're no longer there. Well, that's great. These folks work hard. I get it. But we're not going to be able to pay for their health insurance anymore. And you can't make more than whatever the number is, 70, 60, 65% of your pay. Which means the responsibility to save each and every single day is yours. Back to an opportunity, not a guarantee. See, if your family says, we're going to give you a guarantee, do whatever you want, and your guarantee is this. Live however you want. Gamble however you want. Uh, Drink as much as you want. Use as many drugs as you want. And no matter what, our family was going to stay here for you. Your job will be here for you. Your health will always be the same, and that's a guarantee. You would say, well, that doesn't make sense. I have to watch what I eat and make sure my blood pressure and my cholesterol, and I have to make sure all those things are in check. So I might have the freedom to have an entire chocolate cake for dinner, but it's probably not a wise move. But just like if you had that entire chocolate cake for dinner, you're not going to gain 20 pounds overnight. No more than if you run 20 miles, you're not going to lose 20 pounds overnight. It's habits. The reason that you are wealthy or successful or you have savings or you don't have savings is because of your habits. You've established your way of thinking. All of us have. If you make a dollar, we spend a dollar. If we make $3, we spend $3. We get a pay raise. We get a bonus. We we work overtime. All of those things give us an extra pay and we spend all of it. Until you change that, I don't think anything's going to change in your life. Look, TFS Financial Insurance Services and Total Financial Solutions, this is what we do. Our job is to keep you from going bankrupt or at least from going broke. When it comes to your retirement account, our goal is for you not to lose money, but to gain slowly, to gain in a way in which you grow your wealth. Very important. Let me give you our phone number. I didn't give that to you yet. 88 or 888-888-99-RETIRE. It works here at the studio during the show, and then, of course, goes directly to our office all week long. 888-99-RETIRE. That's 888-997-3847. Here's what I do. Arif Halaby is my name. My job is to do one thing for you. It's to keep you from losing and going backwards when the market goes backwards, to get predictable, systematic, guaranteed sources of income that never go away. Look, a a lot of people are going to say, you know, we do everything, stocks, bonds, mutual funds, REITs, ticks, fleas. We do all those things and we run backwards and upwards and we can – and you say, okay, well, that's great. I, I appreciate you being in business as long as you have and doing the things you've done. But tell me what you're good at. They said, well, I just told you, bonds and stocks and mutual funds and REITs and variable annuities and fixed annuities and private placements and – okay, back up. First of all, I don't understand half the stuff of what you just said. But second of all, it sounds like those are different things. So if you say you're good at everything, then that, that's fine. What are you great at? Because to work with a financial professional who is great at one or two things, I think you have a better shot of getting what you need rather than what they kind of understand. My first four or five years in this business, we did all that stuff. We were, we were uh, mutual fund licensed. We could do all of those things. That was nice. But when the rules started changing and what we did went from one or two applications to 20 or 30 pieces of paper, when the rules got more complex, when the certifications got more complex, we had to make a decision. There is no way I could honestly tell you I could be great at everything. It just doesn't make sense. The rules are different, different regulatory agencies different uh, rules, different suitability requirements, different fiduciary rules. So be very careful. You might say, well, I went and got my car worked on the other day. I go, fantastic. What do you do? Well, we're going across the country, so I had him check out my transmission. Good. What else did you do? Well, you know, they changed the oil and they made sure the, the tires were inflated properly. And I go, okay, but what about the most important thing? It's not just driving. Anybody can drive. In fact, you could use gravity to go downhill. 
But what about stopping? What about your brakes? Are you going to have the same guy that changes your oil check your brakes? They're both part of her car. It's, it's your financial life. Your financial life includes you know, savings accounts and auto insurance. And You're not going to have the same person do every single thing, would you? Maybe at one time you did when the Model A had 27 parts, <laughs> right? It wasn't difficult. I remember I had a 1976 Chevy Love. And I had a friend, I was 18 years old, and, and I had to change the head gasket. Or I had to have him change the head gasket. I took it to his shop. He said, Arif, I'm not going to charge you anything. I thought, oh, this is great. He said, because you're going to do all the work. I'm just going to tell you what to do, and you can use my tools. I'm like, oh, my word. You kidding me? His name was John. He said, nope. I could climb inside the, the hood, the front part of the car. I climbed inside where the engine was to undo because there was that much room in a little four-cylinder engine. He'd take off these three bolts. Tell me when you're done. Come back. Okay, I'm done. Okay, take off this three. Take off these two. I share that with you because a 1976 Chevy Love is not the same as a 2016 or 2019 automobile. Even a four-cylinder. It's a completely different vehicle. Why? Because technology, things have changed, times have changed. It's a very important component that you realize that in your financial life, you have to think and walk and chew gum at the same time. Here's a good example. Why are more people leaving California? You just heard Barack Lurie. Stole a little of my thunder. <laughs> but why are people leaving California? Is it because, oh my gosh, the weather is so incredible? Or is it simply, guys, people are leaving California because they can't afford it? 23 years ago when I started in this business, I had a one, our, we had about one out of 10 of our clients left California. In fact, you know, they would, their daughter got a job in Seattle. Their son got a job in Denver. Uh, uh, their grandkids moved to Texas. And, and that's where they moved because they wanted to be around family. Nice. They always loved the East Coast. They grew up there. They came out here for work. They went back. That was what, that's why people left 18, 20, 25 years ago. Why are people, people leaving now? In 2018, of my clients that retired, it was between one out of two and one out of three left the state of California. When they retired, they're gone. Now, they might keep a condo here or a vacation home and come back and visit you know, whatever family's left. But they're taking their retirement accounts, their pension check, and they're leaving. Thousands have left to Texas. In fact, Texas is, is, has offered to assist the California Republican Party, the, the governor of Texas, has offered to assist the, the, the California Republican Party to keep people here. He, he said, look, I, I'm going to see if I can get in. Because you understand that in the last election, 100% of the incumbents that were, were up for election, the last two elections, in fact, kept their job if they wanted it. That means the people in California... I will venture to say that, that the California Republican Party, we just had their conference this last week. Look, it's basically non-existent. I like Jim Brolte. I've met him a few times. I talked to him. In fact, we got into a little bit of a heated discussion. And I said, how can you claim victory? Well, we were, we were losing money, and now we have money in the bank. I'm, of course, I'm summarizing it. I said, Jim, we lost every single election that we were in. Well, you know, that's not – well, that is how you – look, guys, there is zero Republican influence in this state, not a little. And I'm wondering if the leadership in the Republican Party says, you know what, that's fine. We're going to back off. We're going to let them put their name all over it because it is going to implode. You understand that? The governor doesn't get to say, oh, well, we have 90, or $30 billion and $16 billion in savings. That's baloney. When the state of California, the governor of the state of California says, we have billions of dollars in the bank, do you understand you could have millions of dollars in the bank if you just take a cash advance on your credit cards? Or if you refinanced your house, took a cash out loan, put it in the bank, you don't get to financially with any integrity look and say, oh, but Arif, I have 250000 in the bank. I am solvent. I'd say, yeah, but Mary, you owe 250000 or 280000 on the loan that you just took out on your rental property. So when the governor says he has money in the bank or there's a surplus, you realize that he has debt on the other side of that surplus that more than eats it up. 
Why do you think California's credit rating is always at risk? Because we're such a great deal? Because businesses are flocking in? Or because we've lost, ready for this, $58.6 billion, with a B, in annual, that means annual income, which could be taxed. $58.6 billion in annual revenue that's gone. Now, you have to ask yourself, if I'm in a position to be in the state of California still when I retire, how do I make sure that I have predictable income that isn't going to go away? Well, you have to have two things in play, really. You have to know that your family's finances are going to last well beyond what you think. And if you have emergencies, that you have money available. Because if you don't have emergencies, uh, if you don't have emergency money, then you're reliant on the state. This is pretty important. That $58 billion is never going to be spent again. That means those are dollars that were coming in as they were coming into the state. People were taking them. They'd go to the grocery store. They would go to a restaurant. They would leave a tip for the, for the waiter. The moment the left started running around and saying things like, oh, well, we have to pay a minimum wage. Do you realize they didn't say people have to do a minimum quality work? They didn't say people have to be productive, a minimum level of productivity. They just said we should pay them more money. For what? For existing? For being? For doing? For showing up? For checking a box? For clicking a... Or for actually being productive? Because in a normal industry, think of it this way. If you go to a restaurant and your bill is $10, the food costs are normally about $3, 3.50. So out of the $10 that you pay, that's what it costs them for the food. The labor should be about another $3 or $3.50. And the rest is a profit for the store. So when you understand that there's three pieces of that, and when I say a profit for the store, that means the electric bill, the lease. That means the property taxes or, or the, the, the payment to the mortgage still has to come out of the other parts of those funds. So when you're in a position, you have to ask yourself, how much am I trying to build for my family's finances. Well, it better be that you guys are sitting down and trying to expect to live beyond, well, I don't know, five years in retirement? You expect to live 20 years? All right, when we come back, I'm going to tell you some of the things that I would do if I'm approaching retirement and what our clients are doing. Because I think if you build safety, you build security, you build predictability, and strategic income through retirement, then you can weather most of these storms because it's the middle class and the lower middle class that are going to end up paying taxes more than they've ever known because the pensions will be impacted. They have to be. There just isn't money. It's not a game. It's not a joke. It's not politics. How do you protect and not be the one on the other side who's stuck? We've got those answers for you and a lot more when we come back on the Total Financial Hour on AM870, The Answer. I'm Eric Hallaby. We'll be right back. Higher income strategy. Learn from Arab Halaby. Financial security will help you live the life you dream. Hey, welcome back to the show. Hey, thanks for staying with us. Arab Halaby, the Total Financial Hour on AM870, The Answer. Uh, look, our, our shows always bring in a little bit of conversation on politics only because it's such a polarizing place. Uh, there's a great website. I, I try to push. I, I wish these guys uh, <laughs> would send me a check. I have enough people going there. But I think you need to go anyway. It's called HowMoneyWalks.com. HowMoneyWalks.com. I love it because it gives an opportunity for you to go around and say, all right, if, if I'm talking about HowMoneyWalks.com, how do I create? W what is it? What does it mean? Just scroll down, go to the bottom right, you'll see a, a picture of a, the map of the United States. Click on it. There's dark red and dark green. Dark red means annual dollars are leaving. Green means dollars are coming, net. Okay, and then light green and light red. It, what it means is last year you earned a paycheck in uh, 93684, whatever that is, and the IRS says, well, this year you're reporting your income over at 76, you know, seven, zip code 76593, whatever. So it means the IRS doesn't care. You pay the same tax whether you're in Idaho or Alaska or California or Florida. It doesn't matter. The federal income tax doesn't change. 
So what they look at is where the dollars are, where are they going, and how, who is spending them, right? Where, where are those dollars going through? If we're talking about that as a conversation, you'll see dark red in all of the states, all of the states that are run by Democrats. So when I say that you have to look at this in, in a scenario that, that politics matter, it's not my choice. It's because all of the Northeast, you have the, the Illinois, California, Michigan, right? These are states, New York, Pennsylvania. These are states that have been run by the Ed Rendells of the world, uh, by the, the Cuomos of the world. These are folks that are far left Democrats who just all they do is chase the conversation. They don't have any real new ideas. And it's almost kind of entertaining, except if you're one of the folks that live in New York, to watch how they lost the Amazon contract. You see, you can't be, well, big business is for Republicans and uh, Democrats are for the little guy. You can't say that conversation. And then at the same time, big business is greedy and they go where the money is. You can't. You either are greedy or you're not greedy. You either uh, are for one side or you're for the other side. Business has become all about power, big business. And right now they're getting all of their power simply in one place. And it's what? Oh, surprise. It's in a place called the Democrat Party. Here's what's going to end up happening. I think your property taxes are going to have an assessment. That's where I think the dollars are going to come from. That's the only way. It's the only money. Because you can't take property with you, but you can take your pension. You can take your Social Security check. You can certainly take your 401k money, but you can't take your real estate. And if you think you have Prop 13 protecting you, I think, remember, this is just Arif's opinion. I think if you think Prop 13 is protecting you, you will be surprised because just like the governor, Governor Brown did your car registration and the Democrats in the state assembly and state, your car registration. Oh, wait, there's a licensing fee. Like, what, what the heck is that? Well, you have car registration, $340 and licensing fee, $250. Well, what's the just because you call it something different when it leaves my pocket and goes to yours? I don't care if you call it Mickey Mouse or Donald Duck. It doesn't matter. It's gone. Gone from my pocket, goes to yours. Call it a fee, a tax, a service chart, whatever, it's gone. And it affects your retirement. So a lot of folks either can't afford to buy new cars or they delay because the car registration is so high. Well, what do you think is going to happen to real estate? I think the only place they can make this up is to put an assessment on your real estate. That's the third rail. They're going to reduce those that receive the money in pensions they're going to increase the taxes or the, the, the payment, if you will, from the people that are working still to put new money in the dollars, in, in, into the bucket. And the third thing, they're going to go after the taxpayers to pay for the pensions of people that are already retired or going to retire. And I think the only way they can do it is with property tax. All right, so that's just my, my assessment, my uh, conversation. Uh, sales tax is already at, what, 9 9.5%, depending on where you are. So, so that's a big number. We're at $5.96 billion because we go up at about $1,500, $1,600 every, every uh, minute or so of dollars that leave the state. Isn't that incredible? Where do those dollars go? Well, they're going to Texas. They're going to Nevada. They're going to Arizona, Oregon, Washington. This is important if you're trying to retire in California because I think this is what's going to happen next. I think you have to take a look at the fight for the next two years between California and the federal government. When California canceled its high-speed rail, probably one of the smartest things they could do, just, it's just running out of <laughs> – we used to make jokes about it, right? The old if you could keep your insurance – you know, if you want your insurance, you could keep it. Well, the same thing they said, oh, the high-speed rail, it's only going to be $30 billion. And then it's turned into 70, 60, 70. It's about twice what they said. Remember the high-speed rail? They said, oh, it's $35 billion. Don't worry. 10, 10, and 10, public, private, federal, state, right? They had it all split up. Where, and now it's $77 billion is what they're talking about. This is important. You know this. One of the very first checks that was cut. When that was passed by you, the voters, because you thought it was going to be nice to take a train for 200 miles an hour. The very first check, one of the top, one of the first few checks, 
Dianne Feinstein's husband. Did you know that? The LA Times reported it on page six in the bottom or the New York Times. Somebody did. But what did they do? $100 million went to Dianne Feinstein's husband. Folks that are already worth a half a billion dollars, right? Her net worth is what, four or five hundred million. And his company is a surveying company. So you're telling me that across the United States, there isn't a surveying company where you could say, look, we're the Democrat Party. We want to avoid looking like we're, we're thieves. We want to avoid looking like we're just you know, uh, elites taking money from the, the poor little pauper worker people. Instead of doing that, of course I deserve it. Right? They live in this bubble, of course. So Dianne Feinstein's husband gets a check for $100 million as one of the first ones. And, and instead of the New York Times or the LA Times sitting outside of their office, what do they do? Oh, well, they just... They just get mad, right? Uh, no, 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 no. They talk about Trump collusion. They, they make, up, make up stuff. So the conversation about this messed up state is I think it's going to get more messed up. I think as you have less Republican voices where the uh, Democrats have a supermajority, meaning anything that is in the whim of the leader of the, of the uh, state Senate or the assembly leader, anything they want, the governor, anything, they pass it. Corny stuff, silly stuff, happy stuff. The other side yells and screams, and they're wrong. Next. So you've got to keep in mind that your family's finances, the amount of money you want to leave to your children, I think they're going to tax wealth when you pass away. They're trying to tax wealth when you leave. When you leave the state, you know you have to pay taxes, special taxes on your real estate because you left the state. So... This is a big, important conversation because as people are leaving, they're departing the state. Here we go. Ready? This is important. The rents are high. Well, okay. Well, so of course. In one year between 2016 and 2017, 138,000 plus people left the state of California. Okay. Do you realize that? 138,000. So what does that equal per day? Right? It's a simple math problem. Remember, I think the left is afraid of math because it's not disputable. That's why they came up with Common Core because then you can pretend that the last thing that they have to hold on to is that they can manipulate math. Well, they can't. But when you take 378 people a day leaving the state of California in 2016 to 2017, and last year, 2018, we were at 402 people a day leaving the state. 402 times 365, that's 147,000 people leaving the, leaving the state of California. Now, are they poor people? Uh, l- listen, I-, I love everybody. I have family. We-, we were all struggling. But are they folks that are minimum wage? Are, are they folks that, well, hey, listen, I'm going to go get government benefits somewhere else? Or are they folks that say, listen, I make just enough money to be able to financially afford to live here, so how do I do this? Well, I have to leave. I might keep a vacation home here. I might stay here with my, you know, stay with my daughter when I come into town, but I have to leave the state. These are people with middle incomes because the very wealthy, right? Your, your Mark Zuckerbergs of the world and, and the very wealthy that live up in the Bay Area and the, the millionaire, billionaire Democrats in, in Beverly Hills and Brentwood, those people, they have a house here, but that, this isn't their residence, right? Their residence is a different state. Their vacation home is in Beverly Hills or Brentwood, or La Cunada. That's their non-resident vacation home. So they don't pay taxes in the state of California. And plus, when they do, they earn their money not as ordinary income tax, which is what middle class do. They earn their income as dividends and unearned income. That's why you don't pay more than about 20% in income tax. So do you, do you understand the conversation is you have to protect your family's finances in retirement because more people are, are having to go back to work, not because, uh, not because they're, they're broke or they miss people. It's because they're afraid they're going to run out of money. Some do it because they have no other choice because a healthcare crisis or they've had to take on a grandchild is now, they're now raising them as their own. And by the way, I think those people are angels. 
Of course, it's their own grandchild, but I've seen many cases where people don't do that. Everybody has a tough go. But when you're looking at people trying to build their financial life, why would it be, ready for this? Why would they be saying, I am going to go back to work? Number one, health care. Health care is a big deal. I need health insurance. Or I have to work just enough to pay my health insurance premiums. If you followed our show long enough, you've heard me say that there are issues with the Obamacare. And I'll tell you mine, all right? In 2015, 2016, my health insurance premiums were $872 a month with a $4,000 deductible for me, my wife, and three children. The next year, they went to $2,300 a month with an $8,000 deductible. The next year, which is 2018, last year, it was up to $3,100 a month. $3,100 and a $12,000 deductible. That's a 400% increase. Thank you, Mr. Obama. Now, if you got rid of the government involved in everything, what would happen? Well, insurance companies wouldn't get the big check, would they? Because if you're going to say that, that in retirement, I think I should pay $68 a month for my health insurance, somebody's going to pay the difference. Unless you think the doctor should work for free or the nurses or the hospital shouldn't pay its electric bill because somebody has to pay for it. And if you're telling me in the state of California, middle class and upper middle class people are leaving, then somebody's going to have to pay for it. Why do you think doctors are leaving the state of California? These are good, good paying jobs. Why are they leaving? Because they're in exactly the same boat. They want a better lifestyle, less rat race. So I think another reason that people are coming back from retirement is that 4% rule has been a trick, right? I remember starting when it was 5%. This is what I mean. For every $100,000 that you have in retirement, it used to be that you could take out $5,000 per year and that money would last the rest of your life, 5%. And then a few years later, they lowered it to 4.5%. Really, if you have $100,000 in savings, you should say you can take out 4500 a year for every and never run out of money as long as you're alive. And now, because of the 2008s and 2009s and 2015, when the market is, is changing dramatically, here's where the conversation changes. Now the financial world pretends like, oh, you never heard that other stuff that we were talking about, right? I know where your broker, your stock bond, mutual fund, we, we diversify so you can lose money in many places. That's our job is to charge you a fee and lose your money. And so now the rule is 4%. You can take out 4% per year and never run out of money. That's what they're saying. I don't know where it comes from. I guess it's just a game because here's the other side of it. How do you create in your family's finances a legacy? If what they're doing is saying, you're going to have to – you could take out 4%. I heard this the other day. This is incredible. Mutual fund stockbroker guy says, you know, it's 4%, but unless the market goes down, if it corrects, corrects like making money is wrong, unless the market goes down, then, uh, you know, hey, you might have to take out a little less this year. And if it goes up, hey, you could take out a little bit more next year. So if you want your money at risk, then that's the game you have to play. Maybe you take out more, maybe you take out less. With us, it's guaranteed, it's predictable. It can even increase every single year. When you're ready to take it out, you can even have an increase. And we don't care what happens in China or Trump or, or, or Julian Assange or, or Venezuela. Those are all interesting things. You can pay attention if you want, but it doesn't change your financial life. And you don't pay any fees. There's no monthly fee, there's no quarterly fee, there's no annual fee. But there's two catches. Accounts with us, you're going to have a cap. That means you're going to make between 0 and 10, maybe 0 and 12%. Every year, you're not going to make uh, 20s and 30s. And if the market does 15, 20, 30, you should have been in it. Great, you would have made it. With us, you might have made 8 or 9 or 10 or 12, and that's it. But once you earn interest from us, 
and it's always new money. Do you understand that? When interest is added, it isn't saying your 100000 goes down to eighty four, which is back up to, to ninety. Do you see? I made you $6,000. No, buddy. You, you lost my money. Ask your broker one simple question. If my account goes down this month or this quarter, however often they charge you fees, do you guys still get paid? In other words, if my 500000 becomes four eighty, are you guys still getting paid? And instead of answering the question, here's what they'll do. Well, you know, we manage and you don't understand what we do behind the scenes and it's a full on. Okay, okay, okay. I got it. I got it. You guys work hard. Yep. So if this month my account goes from 500 down to 480, do you guys still get paid? Right? It's almost like working with a toddler who tries to hide that they ate the cake. Well, mommy, you don't understand. No, no, I get it, sweetie. Let's go back to the beginning. Let me just ask one question. If the market goes down, do you guys still get paid? And they will tell you yes. They will also even start to take it personally, meaning when you say things like, so then why am I paying you guys if you lost my money? That's not right. Oh, now you don't trust me and you don't understand how hard we work and maybe this relationship isn't. You're like, buddy, buddy, go back, go back. I'm hiring you to do a job for me. That's why you're charging me thousands and thousands of dollars a year. So, I get it. That's okay. But why is it that if I'm hiring you to do a job and you lose my money, I'm still supposed to pay you? What's the job? Am I hiring you a job to send me statements? Am I hiring a job to to just put me on a computer so I can log in? So Total Financial Solutions and TFS Financial Insurance Services does one thing. We protect your principal, we grow your wealth steadily, and we keep you from being broke. If any financial professional tells you they're going to make you rich, run. Run. We're going to make you lots of money. Run. Because do you understand in order for them to do that, the risk has to be enormous. Now, you might say, hey, Arif, I have uh, 500000 or $5 million and I want to play with fifty or 100000 Go for it. Have fun. Play the stock market. We had a 78-year-old lady who used to wake up early and stay up late to look at you know, the European markets and the Chinese markets and the Asian markets, and she had a great time with it. But she knew that as she was getting older, she needed to protect some of her money. So by the time it was all said and done, we let her play with 50000 She protected 700000 We put it in different accounts. It's called laddering. So she had income that lasted for the rest of her life. And she could still feel like she was involved in making money and having, an, having a purpose. And all of those things are great. And she did it with the $50,000. Sometimes she made money. By the time it was all done, she had a little bit less than she started. And everybody else made money, all the brokers. Everybody else made a, key, a commission on it. And she was just protected with her $700,000. did not affect her paychecks, her, her monthly uh, accounts, her car payments. All of that stuff was protected. But here's the important part of the process. The 4% rule of withdrawing money, you need to have a strategy. And maybe, just maybe, you can take out even more than that. At 70 years old, our clients are able to take out 5.5% and never run out of money. In their 60s, between 60 and 70, we're able to take out 5%. That means your paycheck goes up substantially how do we do it? Well, we just don't risk your money and we don't take a fee. Because if, if you take out 4%, forgive me for getting a little technical here, but if you take out 4% per year and your broker charges one, one and a half, then you are taking out 5% a year. He's just getting some and you're getting some. So the, the, the process is still working. It used to be that the fees were much lower. But there are some companies today that charge a 2% fee. We had one the other day. She put in $128,000. 128. A lot of money. It's one account. Nice broker. 128,000. That 128,000 she did in 2008. So, a little more than 10 years ago. Today, she's at 153. 128. Today she's at 153. So we added up the fees. She had something called a variable annuity. We just call the company. The company tells us. It's not a secret. 
and they give us all the fees, and the fees were effectively 4.2%. Now, what that means is every single year she was paying about $4,500 per year in fees times 10 years. So she paid $45,000 in fees, and she earned less than 30. She earned less than 30. The broker made 45. Is it any wonder when you call up and ask questions that they use big words, they try to confuse you, they get a little complicated. Sometimes if that doesn't work and you still ask the same question, they start taking it personally. They get a little bit bothered. You go, oh, come on, man. This is, look, I can't go back to work. My profession has changed, right? I was an architect. Today, things are different. I, I retired 11 years ago. I can't go back to work. I was an engineer. I was a, a psychologist. All of those things are nice, but I retired 15 years ago. I can't go back to work. So when you ask your broker, is the only way for you guys to make money is if mine's at risk? In other words, can I lose? I have to be able to have a chance, a chance of losing my money in order for you guys to make a living. They'll say, well, that's not the way we look at it. I know that's not the way you look at it. So be very careful. I just don't want you to have all of your money in a place where if the market goes down, they tell you, oops, sorry, you don't get to take out as much money this year. Maybe next year. The average fees that we're seeing in some of these accounts are, are closer to 1.5%. It used to be much higher in mutual funds when you add the fee and the fund itself. It used to be much lower in some places. So we're not going to be the company that will do that for you. We won't be the risk company. You have to ask them. You come into our office, you give us a call at 888-99-RETIRE. That's 888-997-3847. Come on into our office. We'll sit down, have a conversation. We'll see if I can help you. It takes me about 15 minutes. Yes, I can help you or no, I can't. If I can, wonderful. I'll give you some choices. You need to go home and think about it? Go home and think about it. You want to come back? You want to get your broker on the line and do a three-way call? I have no problem with that. I never mind at all having them on the call or having them in our office. Bring them with you if you want. They, let them be an expert at the risk money. If you want to have some money at risk and play that gamble, fantastic. I think it's exciting. It's always fun to, to, to play a little bit of game, right, or to, to have entertainment. But the money you need to have protected, that's what TFS Financial Insurance Services does. Our firm, Total Financial Solutions, sits down and says, how do, we, how do we make it so you can sleep better? How do we make it so you don't have to have your mood go up and down with the stock market? Why don't you ask your spouse, the one who isn't involved, ask them how they feel when the market is down. Do they feel like they should just hide from you or stay busy? Do they feel like they should mm, just kind of leave you alone because the market is down substantially and they were worried about what, you know, what your attitude or your personality is? All of us have been there. I remember when I first started trading, right? I started uh, investing when I was 18 years old. It wasn't until I was 28 that I started in the financial world as a professional. So I had about 10 years of trading and option trading and mutual fund trading and all the stuff that we did back then in investing. And so I remember during that period of time when I made so much money in a month, right? I think I had 50000 and I made $20,000. I thought I was so smart. I remember walking around the house, looked at my wife. She goes, <laughs> do you, let me make this clear, do you know who you are married to? I walked around. My shoulders were back. Yep, yep, yep. And then the next month, not only did I lose that 20, but I lost another 10. And that false bravado, that arrogance, that, hey, I'm, I'm a big deal, became, uh, oh, my gosh, what the heck just happened? You felt like, you know, you got hit by a bus and you're like, who, who got the number of that bus? So that's when I went back to school. See, because look, a lot of this for you and for me is to sit down and make sure that your family's finances don't just disappear when the market goes away. A lot of people are concerned. A lot of people are going back to work. Sometimes it's for the right reasons, right? We want purpose. We want to be around people. If you can be smart enough, I, I use those words, but if you can be insightful enough on your own personality and say, you know what, 
I'm not leaving these doors very often. I, I, every day I'm in the same clothes as I woke up with all day and I go to sleep. I'm not leaving the house. I, I'm getting more afraid to drive. If you're that person and you're insightful enough to say, uh-oh, I don't like what the way this is going, then you, maybe you want to make a change. Listen, I'll work for minimum wage. I don't care. Why? Because somebody's counting on you to be there. There's a purpose in your life. I'm okay with you going back to work. I think people should always stay busy. You should stay busy and have a purpose and have a meaning and have part of your life where people are checking their watch, counting on you to arrive. And you're not just looking forward to your next doctor's visit or pharmacy or your hair appointment. I want you to have a life of meaning and purpose, whether you're volunteering at a school or a homeless shelter or, or with little children that are you know, preschool. That's fine. Teach, read, speak, talk to them. But be very careful because somebody has to be counting on their income coming in. And it better be you taking care of yourself. Because your broker's job isn't to make sure that you don't lose. Their job is to try to make you rich. It's too late for that. Don't lose my money. That's the conversation. You have any questions, 888-99-RETIRE. Thanks for being with me. 888-997-3847. I'm Arif Hallaby on the Total Financial Hour on AM870, sponsored by TFS Financial Insurance Services. Have a wonderful weekend. Learn from Arif Hallaby. Learn about financial power. This show is brought to you by Total Financial Solutions, Inc. and TFS Financial Insurance Services, an insurance-licensed only financial firm. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.